0: Greetings, precious humans, you're listening to Legendary Insights. My name is Laura, I'm your host, and this is my one-year anniversary episode. Can you believe it? It's been a year since my first program here on ACB Radio Mainstream. If you're thinking, how is it possible that she's been on the air a year, I've only heard a handful of episodes, well, you're not entirely wrong. Legendary Insights posts every other month on even-numbered months, the first week of that month at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific. My first show aired in April 2016, and my first show was simply an introduction, and I described what I thought of at that time to be the theme or the premise of the show, which would be how to share ways in which we could all live our best, most ingenious lives. So in the first episode, I simply characterized what that meant to me. And in the second episode, which aired in June, I did a show with my first guest, Regina Lark, who is the owner of A Clear Path, Professional organizing, and we talked about ways in which people who are blind and who have other disabilities can declutter and better organize their lives. The episode after that aired in August, and it was a show I did where I explained the trials and tribulations, the pitfalls and expense associated with paying for a booth at one of the trade shows, such as the ACB National Convention, in case any of you are ever interested in buying booth space at one of these conferences or events. The episode that posted after that, which would have been the fourth show, was with my guest Brian Harchin of Harchin Consultancy. Brian talked about his various products and services and described his business outlook and how he helps others to live their best, most ingenious lives. Following that episode, airing in December, was the show I did on eyes-free, accessible holiday decorating for people who are blind or who have other disabilities, and I shared some tips on ways in which to get the most out of the holiday season, no matter your ability. And the most recent show was actually part one in a short series that is concluding today. On disability and employment, and in that episode, I talked a little bit about presentation skills and some ways in which to raise your communication game, whether that is in your interpersonal relationships, whether it's at work, or whether you are seeking employment and are concerned about whether or not you can effectively communicate in an interview setting. In this episode, I'm going to carry that theme one step further and talk about interviewing and when to disclose or not to disclose your disability. At what point during the job acquisition process is it appropriate or necessary to disclose your blindness? Well, I have some pretty strong opinions about that, but... In order to hear what the rest of the community had to say, I tossed the question out there to my listeners on Verail and here is what a few of them had to say.
1: I was talking to the HR people, and they were telling me there were openings for specific jobs that I was looking for, and they were telling me I should say my resume, and they were interested in talking to me. In previous interviews, I always made a point of telling people Sometimes that worked out, sometimes it did not. Hello, Laura. This is Harmony, and I have very mixed opinions about disclosing disabilities. I myself have combined disabilities of hearing loss and blindness. Now, I think it's important to disclose the hearing for sure, because when you ask to make accommodations, um, you know, and for the most part, I've been concentrating more on working with people who already have experience working with people with disabilities, so there's no problem with that. However, if um, we were to look for jobs in the mainstream, then that's when the question really becomes
0: when and how. When I graduated college, I sent out uh, hundreds of resumes and cover letters, and I decided not to disclose disclose then. I waited until I received a phone call from an HR department or a uh, phone interview to um, talk about my visual impairment. Um, That worked really well. Because I did have one experience where the human resources department didn't tell an interviewer that I had a visual impairment. I come in there and the guy's like, you can't see. And he was so focused on that during the whole interview instead of what I
1: could do that it it just went horribly wrong.
0: For me, the times I've generally disclosed I am visually impaired or blind, depending on how you want to coin that, is within the primary interview that's going to determine whether I will be the candidate for the position or not. In most cases, the interviewer does receive that knowledge well, and there's no problem. I never disclose on resumes or cover letters. I do not feel that that is an appropriate place to share that kind of information, only because I don't want it to unduly bias the interviewer And in order to put my best foot forward, as we say in the employment world or any place where we're applying, it's best to be as neutral as possible in that respect and let the merit of your accomplishment speak for you.
1: My personal opinion is that I think it's best to disclose once you have the interview scheduled. And the reason I say that is that I wouldn't want to go into an interview and have the person thrown off so much by my blindness that we didn't actually get down to the business of having the real interview. And what I mean by that is we might have the real interview. In other words, the interviewer might go through the motions of asking all the questions that they would ask any candidate. But what might really be going on is if they have never encountered or worked with a person with a disability before they might be spending all of their time thinking about the questions that they really have like how is this person going to get to work every day or how are they going to find their way around the building or even more importantly how are they going to get the job done. Because if the person has never had experience uh, being around someone with this particular disability, whichever one it might be, uh, they might not be familiar at all with assistive technology and the ways that uh, some of us work and uh, accomplish tasks that they would feel you know might be almost impossible uh... for a person with a disability to do not being familiar with the adaptive ways that we do things so that's my thought i think it's best to disclose after the interview is scheduled because at least that gives the person a little bit of time to digest the fact that they are going to be interviewing a person with a disability and um, hopefully they won't be uptight or worried when the interview actually comes because they've had a, a little bit of a chance to think about it. I was in Nova Scotia at the time trying to break into the industry. Of course, station managers were pessimistic about, well, how would you know what the records are? How would you know how to what commercials to play and when and what what cartridges they were on? I was always upfront about being blind that I was independent, used a white cane, and what skills I had. In a lot of instances, in the majority of instances, I would say, back then, uh, you would get a nice letter from the radio station saying, thank you very much, but we've hired somebody else, or we're still considering, and then three weeks down the road, you'd hear of somebody who was cited getting the job.
0: I'll just start off and tell you straight away that, in my opinion, there is no point in the job acquisition process at which it is necessary to disclose your disability. That is, until you walk into the interview. Now, I know that some of you are immediately concerned about this viewpoint, and now that you know how I feel about it, if you're not interested in my reasoning, then by all means, the show is over for you here. But in the rest of the program, I'm going to explain to you why I feel that it's not appropriate to disclose your disability at any point in the process, whether that's looking for a job online, filling out job applications, exploratory or phone interviews, or prior to the actual interview, whether in a group setting or one-on-one. In my opinion, It is not important, relevant, necessary, or appropriate to disclose your blindness prior to the actual job interview at which a decision will be made as to whether or not you are the best person for the job. You may be wondering at this point what it is that makes me qualified to voice an opinion on this subject. I've been a long-time employer, both in a traditional corporate setting as well as in a small business setting where I am the business owner and I am the person seeking to fill a needed position. Let's start by describing the various stages of the work search process. Chances are you're looking for gainful employment, whether full or part-time, you're looking for a source of ongoing income. You see a job that might interest you, and you're looking through the job duties, qualifications, and requirements, and you think that maybe you want to apply for this job, so you attempt to apply online. Back in the day, in the days of yore, in the horse and buggy days, people used to apply for jobs by way of an application printed on paper. Well, this was a difficult thing for people who were blind to accomplish because the use of a pen and paper was prohibitive for some people. The job application process online may make that a little easier if, of course, the application process is accessible. Immediately, you may find yourself concerned that the application process isn't accessible, which would mean you are then required to disclose that screen reader accessibility is not possible for you, which, of course, poses a barrier to employment for people who use a screen reader. But for the purposes of this conversation, let's pretend that a barrier to applying for a job is the exception and not the rule. Is it appropriate to disclose your disability during the application process? I say no, and here's why. There are many reasons why an employer might post a job in an effort to fill a position. And one of those reasons may have absolutely nothing to do with filling a position. Many corporations have a hire from within policy yet they are required to publicly post available job opportunities. Depending upon a number of variables, including the size of the company, the nature of the services or products that company provides, or by virtue of the relationships that they may have with other businesses or the federal government, they may have to adhere to certain equal opportunity, employment regulations as to how filling an open position has to be achieved. And in some cases, a corporation will post all available jobs because they're required to, but that doesn't mean that they're required to fill the position from outside the company. So you may not have ever had a chance to get that job. Another reason an employer might post an available job opportunity is to evaluate the talent pool, in which case they're simply seeking applicants to get an idea of the types of people they might attract to that particular position. By placing a job opportunity ad, they may want to find out If the unemployment climate that you hear about in the news is reflected locally, perhaps there was a position open, but the person in that position decided not to leave after all. Or perhaps there was a position available, but the company decided to eliminate that position or consolidate multiple positions so as to cut costs. Another reason an employer might post an available job opportunity is competition. They may post a juicy-sounding job in an effort to win away great candidates from other companies. Finally, a company may post a job because they have a position available, and they're looking for a large selection of potential candidates from which to choose. In every one of these scenarios I just described, there are myriad reasons you may not get called in for an interview. The process of posting a job and accepting applications is a process meant to weed out the desirable from the undesirable. You might say the application evaluation process is one of exclusion, And the interview process is one of inclusion. And I don't mean that in terms of accessibility. Until an employer is ready to sit down and have face-to-face interviews, he's looking for every reason imaginable to exclude someone from the talent pool. So I say, why make it easier? In my opinion, employment is one of the last bastions of overt discrimination against people with disabilities. The reason is because of a lack of accountability. The hiring process from beginning to end can be a long one. And there are many points along the way at which discrimination can occur, and does. That's why there are equal opportunity of employment laws governing the process and protecting our rights. An application can be rejected for the most trivial reason imaginable, and there's no explanation required as to why yours ended up in the trash or deleted. During the application process, you could be eliminated for any reason or no reason, and no one is required to tell you why. It could be that the person conducting the interviews only has time to interview 10 people, and if they've received a hundred applications. For all you know, they've simply accepted the first 10 and ignored the last 90. And if you're in that last 90, sorry, there's no way for you to know why your initial application was rejected. So why give them a good reason to reject you right off the bat? It's not necessary for you to disclose your disability at any point in the application process. It's simply not relevant. What about during the initial or pre-interview process, where perhaps an employer or an HR person has contacted you and wants to conduct an exploratory interview or a pre-interview, where they ask you some basic qualifying questions to determine whether or not you should be among the group called in for a so-called real interview. Should you disclose at that point? Again, I say no. They're looking for reasons to exclude people. If you believe you are qualified for the position and you believe based on what you know that you are able to fulfill the job duties as posted in the job description, there's no reason to raise that doubt prior to a face-to-face interview. Again, Don't make it easy for them to say no. A pre interview or an exploratory interview is often conducted by someone who is not the person doing the final interview. Usually it's the executive's secretary or assistant, or maybe it's a supervisor and not the HR professional who will ultimately conduct. A final interview. Maybe it's the person with whom you would be working directly and they want to get some idea of the personalities involved, so they place a few preliminary phone calls to get some idea as to the type of people they would recommend for a final interview. If that's the case, it is not appropriate at that time to disclose your disability. This is a point in the interview process, again, where there is no accountability. If you disclose your disability and you don't get called in for an interview, you will never find out why. So why make it easy to be eliminated? Don't be the easy no. In most cases, it isn't until the actual face-to-face interview where an employer is confronted with your disability and you are fully acknowledged. That is the point at which there is accountability for an employment decision. At every other point in the process, you are easy to ignore or dismiss. Remember, an employer is seeking to solve a problem. Once you get into the interview, your job is to help him to be his ally, to show him why you are the best person to solve that problem. Until the moment you walk into the room with your white cane or your service dog, I see no reason why it's necessary to disclose your disability in advance. I am opposed to the idea that you should disclose your disability so as to enable the employer to ask you the most important or relevant questions as to how you are to accomplish the job duties. It is not your job to educate the employer as to how to interview you. Chances are, if you're interviewing with someone in the human resources department, they are well-schooled on what they are and are not permitted to ask. Your goal, once you walk in the door, sit down in front of the decision maker, and begin the interview, is to convince them that you are the best person to fill their needs. You're the best person to solve their problem. You may not necessarily be the most qualified, but your job is to convince them that you're the best choice and to tell them why. Your job is to walk in there and knock it out of the park. A potential employer may be willing to sacrifice fancy qualifications and work experience for someone who can just get along with everyone else in the department. The bottom line is, There are so many dynamics involved in the hiring process, so much information to which you could not possibly be privy. Don't help them to eliminate you by giving them the ammunition they need to shoot you down. And even after the interview is finished and you are told no, you still don't know the reason why you've been eliminated. Most people don't have the courage to call an employer and say, hey, you know, I'd really like some notes from you as to how I performed during the interview because I'd really like to know why you selected someone else. So could you help me so as to improve for my next interview by offering me a few pointers on how I could have conducted myself differently so that you would have chosen me instead of the person you chose for the position? Who does that? Well... Some people do. If you do, good for you. It takes a lot of courage. But the interviewer isn't going to say to you, I didn't want you because you have a guide dog. I don't want to hire a blind person here. That's illegal. So hold them accountable. Find out why you were told no. Let's review. In my opinion, it's not necessary or appropriate to disclose your disability until you are walking into the place in which you will be having a face-to-face interview with the decision maker. Don't give a potential employer a reason to eliminate you any sooner than necessary. For all you know, the employer has got his wife sifting through the applications and only sending him on the ones she approves of. For all you know, the position was filled three weeks ago, but they're required to go through the dog and pony show of the interview process. For all you know, the employer has no intention of hiring anyone outside the company. For all you know, the person with whom you're sitting for the interview isn't the decision maker. And that's one of the things you should find out while doing your homework before the interview. You should find out... If you are going to be interviewing with the person who's actually making the decision about hiring, in many cases, you could be going in for an interview with someone that you will not be working with directly. For example, if you're interviewing in the human resources department, but after you're considered qualified, you're then interviewed by the person with whom you'll be working directly. You need to find out before you go into the interview process exactly what the procedure will be, with whom you will be interviewing, how many interviews will be conducted, who is making the final decision, and will there be multiple interviews for which you will be required to sit with multiple people, a group interview, or if there will be follow-up or call-back interviews up until the moment they say no, give your potential employer every reason in the world to say yes. Okay, so good luck, do your homework, be prepared, knock it out of the park, and live your ingenious life.